0: Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, we thank you for the precious blood of Jesus that will never lose its power. We thank you that the blood is already applied to the doorposts and the lintels of our life, and that we are safe in your presence. We thank you that healing is in the blood, deliverance is in the blood, salvation is in the blood, and that the price Jesus paid was the ransom for our release from every form of bondage. We claim healing, deliverance, salvation, liberty, breakthrough, mental health, physical health, spiritual, uh, reconciliation, renewal, and refreshing. We claim it all in the name of Jesus and pray that you will open the eyes of our understanding and empower us as never before. And this is our prayer in the name of Jesus. All right, this is part two of our series, and here we go. So let's read our scripture tonight. It's Ephesians 6, verses 13 to 18. And it reads, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. That is the King James version of the Bible. And it is reading from Ephesians 6, verses 13 to 18, in which we are introduced to the whole armor of God, the whole armor of God. Now, it gives us a reason why we should take uh, up the whole armor of God. Uh, and, and if we were to read some of the preceding verses, it will say that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now that's, that's old English, the wiles of the devil. That word wiles means cunning devices, crafty devices, the traps, the snares, uh, the the trip wires, the tricks of the devil. You must be able to stand against the crafty devices of the devil Uh, and And so of course they're they're crafty or they're cunning because they're not obvious, okay? And one of the things that's important for us to know as soldiers of the cross is that very often what appears to be the battle is not really the battle. Uh, The devil specializes in smoke screens, uh, setting up smoke screens and um, distractions And very often what we think is the devil is nothing more than a distraction to break our focus and to get us looking in one direction while the enemy is coming from another direction. And so right now, the entire focus of the world is on coronavirus and COVID-19, and it's on the subsequent uh, uh, demolition of our economic understanding. Our economics is in turmoil. And uh, and so while we're looking at that, and while that's what the media is presenting, we need to understand that the media is presenting the symptoms of a problem, the results of a problem. And as soldiers, we are called to target the root of the problem. And we need to understand that the devil is very crafty very cunning, very subtle in the way that he attacks humanity and the way that he attacks the saints. So um, uh, we're going to look into that into some detail now. So I want to try to break down and explain the difference between a demonic attack and a circumstantial adversity. There's a difference between a demonic attack and a circumstantial adversity, okay? And, and, and if we're not careful and if we don't make this distinction, we will give way too much credit to the devil. You know, we will, you know, if we missed the bus, it was the devil. You know, if we, you know, if we hit our toe, it was the devil. Um, you know, if, if bills come in to the house, it's the devil. And way too many Christians are naive or immature in their understanding of what is a demonic attack versus what is a circumstantial adversity or a fact of life or a s- result of living. Simply living in the world, you will encounter adversity, obstacles, frustrations, disappointments, most of which are entirely man-made, much of which is entirely self-made. What you don't wanna do is give the devil credit for a mess that you made. Oh, I wish I had some help in here today. Don't give the devil credit for a mess that you made. So if you didn't pay the bills on time and you suddenly get a a notice that your account is in default or whatever the case is, that's not the time to rebuke the devil. That's the time to assess yourself and say, "Okay, look, how am I operating and what difference can I make to the circumstances that I'm experiencing? Likewise, if you eat all the junk food in the world, consistently for years and suddenly get diagnosed with diabetes or suffer a health uh, disorder as a result of a lifestyle that is not healthy, that is not the time for you to be rebuking the devil. That is the time for self analysis. That's the time to look in the mirror. That is the time to look at what adjustments you can make to your lifestyle in order to improve your own health. Very important that we differentiate between a demonic attack and a circumstantial adversity, adversity that is circumstantial, that is man-made and in some cases self-made. And because if it's man-made, man is going to have to change his ways. If it is self-made, you are going to have to change your ways. But if it is demonic, you are going to have to put on the armor of God and protect yourself against a demonic attack. So now it's very important that we understand how the devil works, okay? And I'm not one to spend a lot of time talking about the devil, but I think tonight, because we're in a spiritual warfare series, it's important that you understand the enemy that you are facing, and so that you do not misdirect your firepower and start shooting your spiritual weapons at something that's not gonna make much difference. It's very important that you don't waste energy or waste time fighting a battle that doesn't really matter. Okay? And um, uh, this is my way of saying, choose your battles. Choose your battles carefully. Not every battle you find yourself in are you called to fight. Not every battle that, that not every adversary that confronts you is it your calling to fight. And this is what Jesus meant when he said, if a man smites you on your right cheek, turn to him your left. He's saying, choose your battles. Don't accept every invitation into a fight. Because guess what? If God sends you into a fight, he is going with you. But if the devil invites you into a fight, you're on your own. So I'm not going to fight any battle that God did not send me into. Now you can provoke me, you can invite me, you can do whatever you want to pull me into your fight, but by his grace, if I have soundness of mind, I'm not going into your fight. You can go ahead and fight all by yourself. Way too many believers are losing energy, losing strength, losing time, Draining and depleting their spiritual and emotional resources, fighting battles that God never sent you into, but that someone invited you into someone doesn't like you, someone said something about you, someone called you names, someone uh, gave you some road rage abuse someone uh you know uh <clears throat> You know, has, has tried to sabotage your success and your immediate inclination is to go out and fight. The problem with those fights is that even if you win, you still lose. Even if you win, you still lose because you lost time, you lost energy, you lost resources, you lost strength, you lost yourself, um, you, you're loaded with regrets don't go into a fight that god didn't send you into there's a difference between circumstantial adversity and a demonic attack in order to understand the true nature of spiritual warfare you have to start where it starts which is the garden of eden and the fall of man you will never understand the attack of the devil till you see it through the prism of the garden of eden and the fall of man because that is the first documented attack of the devil on humanity. It's the first documented attack of the devil on uh, God's people. And it was a successful attack. And in that respect, by studying that attack, you will understand how the devil attacks all of us and how he has only ever attacked humanity ever since. The real devil is attacking us in a particular way. And we need to understand how that works. So I've written here that the devil attacked humanity with a conversation. Oh my word. A what? A conversation. We're gonna read it in just a moment. But Genesis 3, the serpent, which represents the devil, uh, literally had a conversation with Eve this was the first phase of a demonic attack. Every demonic attack starts with a suggestion or a conversation. The conversation was loaded with suggestion. And so there were many things that the devil suggested to Eve about God, about herself, about her future, about what she could gain, about what she would lose. These suggestions became seeds that were planted in her mind. And so the devil's plan is to plant a suggestion in your mind. When the devil comes against you, he, is, he, is, he may be using your finances, using your health, using your circumstances, using uh, a person that is uh, warring with you. But all of these things are methods, methods by which he plants a suggestion in your mind. Because the real work of the devil is to lie. He is a liar. And therefore, what, what you need to protect yourself against is his voice, is his lies, is the suggestion that he puts in your mind. Because guess what? Without a demonic suggestion, you can survive any financial adversity that you face. You may be facing a health crisis right now, but you will survive it if you can resist the demonic suggestion. You may be facing a domestic crisis right now, but you can survive it if you resist the demonic suggestion. If you begin to... if 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 you know the truth, the truth is going to liberate you and the truth is going to empower you and the truth is going to equip you and enable you to overcome whatever adversity you are experiencing. Um, But you have to defeat the demonic suggestion that is being planted in your mind through a conversation. And what we see in Eden is that the suggestion became a stronghold in the mind of Eve, who then passed it on to Adam, and this led to the fall of man. Let's read it. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now, I want you to notice. This is very conversational. Has God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now, we know that God never said, you shouldn't eat of all the trees of the garden. There was only one tree that God said you should not eat from. But the devil starts with the conversation to confuse what God had said. So, the very first attack of the devil on your mind is to confuse you about the will of God and what God has said, to cause you to lose sight of the word, to cause you to misunderstand the word, to misinterpret the word. His job is to attack the word. I want you to notice he is attacking the word. He is not attacking Adam. He's not attacking Eve. He's attacking the word. He is attacking the integrity of God. He, is te- he And I want you to see this, that this is really an attack on the integrity of God. Did God say you shall not eat of all the trees of the garden? And The woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said, here's the second time the serpent speaks, unto the woman, you shall not surely die. So his first thing was to confuse the word. The second strategy was to outright contradict the word. Again, it's an attack on the word. You will not surely die. Now, the next voice of Satan in the Garden of Eden is as follows. For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes will be open and you shall be as gods knowing good and evil. What is he now doing? He's now attacking the character of God, the integrity of God, and the nature of God. He is suggesting to Eve that God doesn't really love you the way he says he loves you. God's not looking out for you the way he says he's looking out for you. God is withholding good things from you. And and if you step out, if you disobey him, you're gonna actually come into a better situation. So this is now an attack on the character of God. So notice twice he attacks the word. He tries to confuse it. He then tries to contradict it. Then he attacks the character of God. Now, what is Eve's response? Eve could have said, get thee behind me, Satan. Eve could have said, devil, you're a liar. Eve could have said, get out of my way. Eve could have said, give me 24 hours to think about it. But instead, the Bible says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that's the lust of the flesh, that it was pleasant to the eyes, that's the lust of the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, that's the pride of life, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Now watch this. At this point, Eve believes the serpent over God. Eve believes the creature over the creator. Eve believes that the serpent is telling her the truth and that God is withholding truth from her or that God has lied. How did she get there? Watch it carefully. She saw the tree was good for food that was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise. She got there. Listen very carefully to this. She got there because she entertained the suggestion and it became part of her imagination. She is now imagining, fantasizing, and lusting after the fruit. And uh, her imagination is at work. So the devil got through her ear gate and into her imagination. And it is at this point that a suggestion became a stronghold. A suggestion became a stronghold. Now listen to me, you cannot stop the devil suggesting things to you. Some of you listening to me right now, the devil already told you this week you're gonna die. The devil already told you this week your loved ones are gonna die. The devil already told you this week you're gonna be poor. The devil already told you this week that, uh, that, that, that your dreams are finished. These are suggestions. You can't stop the devil making a suggestion. You can't stop the devil being the devil. But you can stop the suggestion becoming a stronghold. And it is your job at this point to protect yourself from a demonic suggestion becoming a demonic stronghold. It is at this point that you have to raise the shield of faith and quench the fiery dart of the wicked. Because what the what the devil wants to do is to get you pondering, meditating, imagining a scenario that is contrary to the word of God until that scenario becomes a stronghold in your mind. Wish I had some help in... Here today, somebody needs to shout amen. Woo! Hallelujah. So, I want to look at the journey from suggestion to stronghold. From suggestion to stronghold. So, it starts with a conversation, and I've written here do not hold a conversation with the devil. The minute you realize that the devil is talking to you, take authority over that thought and say, in the name of Jesus, I will not engage you in conversation. It is, get behind me, Satan. It is written. And when he comes at you with his lie, you come back at him with the word. When he comes at you with his lie, you come back at him with the word. You must arrest a demonic suggestion, a demonic conversation before it becomes a scenario. Do not hold a conversation with the devil, but with the best of will, we will often find ourselves contemplating the unimaginable, contemplating disaster, contemplating Godforsakenness, contemplating loss and, and failure contemplating all of these things and when you're contemplating you're in a conversation it's an internal dialogue no one can see it but you know it you're wrestling with fear you're wrestling with doubt you're wrestling with anxiety you're wrestling with worry you're wrestling you're wrestling with 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 ideas and suggestions that are contrary to everything God told you about your destiny God told you that his plans for you were good and not evil to give you hope and a future. God told you that he has a plan for your life and here you are contemplating absolute disaster. Well, you've now moved to the p- point of suggestion and the devil is sowing seeds in your mind. He's sowing seeds in your mind. Now, the good news about seed sowing, which we know, is that the seed needs the right soil, the right ground in order to take root. You have to make sure that there is no place for demonic seed in your mind, in your soul. A demonic suggestion is any suggestion that challenges the truth of God. If it is contrary to the truth of God, if it is contrary to the love of God, if it is is challenging the nature of God, the character of God, the faithfulness of God, the integrity of God, your job is to resist it and say, this will not take root in my life. Get behind me, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Because if you do not resist the suggestion and you keep engaging the conversation, and you keep on engaging the demonic conversation, the suggestion will become a scenario, a scenario in your mind. Your imagination is very, very powerful. Your imagination is magnetic. It attracts into your life the things that you think about most of the time. Your dominant thoughts will become your direction in life. Remember, I said that. Your dominant thoughts will become your direction in life. God has blessed us with the capacity to create movies in our mind. And you have to intentionally use that capacity to create great movies and to scrap bad movies. Don't sit there looking at death. Don't sit there looking at poverty. Don't sit there looking at disaster. Don't sit there looking at, re, at, 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 at calamity. Don't look at it. Don't sit down in the movie theater of your mind, watching this movie of everything that could go wrong, will go wrong, uh, might go wrong. And see, this is why you have to take the news in doses. Take the news in doses, why? Because the news is the news media is a business. Okay, you need to understand that it is a business. And we're gonna get into the economics of warfare in this series and in some future series. But the news media is a business and it is in business to make a profit. And it makes profits by selling advertising and by generating revenue streams. And it only makes the profit if it, can, if it can magnify, magnify a situation that brings our, you know, that commands our attention, which is why most of the news is bad news. Even without coronavirus, you were hearing about everything bad that is happening in the world. Everything bad that's happening in society, everything that's going wrong with government, with, with the economy, with the social order, with, with, uh, with the international order and state of play, you were constantly seeing bad, 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 bad. Now we've got corona and that's all it is. So if you're going to watch the news for 12 hours in a day, you are going to have so much demonic suggestion in your mind you will have demonic strongholds begin to form your job is to directly counter the narrative periodically throughout the day put on gospel music join the prayer line read a passage pick up a motivational book an inspirational book and begin to believe that your future is bright Begin to believe that your that your best is yet to come. Begin to believe that this is your finest hour and that your greatest days are ahead of you. It's very important that you begin to feed your faith. Feed your faith because that is the counter narrative to the seeds that the devil has sown. Uh, let me give you a good scripture for that. Uh, let me give you a really great scripture for that. Um, Let me give you a, 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 a good scripture for that. You know, Jesus gave the, the parable about the wheat and the tares, the wheat and the weeds. And I want you to notice that it was the enemy that sowed the weeds in the field, okay? And, uh, and he sowed them among the wheat, all right? So that the wheat and the weeds were growing together. And it, and it, and it was in the end, That the angels came and separated the wheat from the weeds so god's answer to the weeds is the wheat and this simply means that you know no matter what you know it's important that you have a field of wheat good thoughts growing out of your life to counter the negative thoughts that are being sown into your mind, the destructive thoughts that are being sown into your mind. You keep on planting wheat, keep on planting wheat. So you entertain a demonic suggestion through imagination. When you imagine a demonic scenario, you are laying the foundation for a demonic stronghold. What is a stronghold? Watch this. When you act on a demonic suggestion, it becomes a stronghold. When you what? When you act on a demonic suggestion, it becomes a stronghold. So up to this point, you've been watching the movie that the devil directed. But when you start acting on that movie, it has now become a stronghold because it's now controlling your behavior. It's controlling your response. It's controlling your actions. It's controlling your words. And when I say to act, I even mean to speak because speech is an action. So when you start speaking out of fear, acting out of fear, speaking out of anxiety, acting out of anxiety, that suggestion has become a stronghold. You've got to intercept this process prevent it from becoming a stronghold. And if you identify strongholds in your mind that have been constructed by your imagination, then we have spiritual weapons to tear down those strongholds, to rip them down. You've got to cast down the imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And you got to bring your thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You have to lasso the thought and drag it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You've got to protect your mind space because your mind is the battlefield that the devil is really targeting in this hour. I want to talk about the arenas of spiritual warfare for just a moment before we get into the armor of God. And, and I'm just going to brush over this for now, because we'll do a whole session on this. You know, when Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that's verse 12, Ephesians 6, verse 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. That word wrestling is not a coincidental word. It was the sport of the ancient world, and it took place inside the arena. People gathered in the arena to watch gladiators wrestle. The wrestling is a close combat, skin to skin, sweat to sweat, blood to blood, fight to the death. It is close combat. It is not distance fighting. You cannot wrestle at a distance. You can only wrestle in the arena. It's like a boxing ring. Okay, Uh, you can't fight the boxing match in the dressing room. You can't fight the boxing match on the walkway, on the ramp leading up to the ring. The fight only begins when both parties are inside the ring. And when it comes to true spiritual warfare, this only happens when God has believers in the ring in the arena, it is believers in the arena that are actually fighting spiritual warfare. Woo, this is good teaching. So the arenas are listed here as principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness and spiritual wickedness. These are forms of demonic spirit, but remember the demons work through the power of lies, suggestions, they work on belief systems, they work on mentalities, ideology, philosophy, they work on what we're thinking. And so the evil you see in the world is predominantly people doing evil things under the influence of demonic suggestion. So these demons organize themselves in particular arenas. Principalities operate in political and military institutions. Powers operate in business and financial institutions and industry sectors. The rulers of the darkness operate in culture and education, both formal and informal. This includes arts, entertainment, and media. Spiritual wickedness operates in the institutions and industries that promote religion, philosophy, and ideology. This is This is how the the kingdom of darkness maintains its control over a society. It makes suggestions to political leaders, to business and financial leaders, to uh, social, cultural leaders, and to religious leaders. It puts suggestions in the mind, thought, ideologies, mentalities, so that we're not fighting people, we're fighting thoughts, we're fighting belief systems, we're fighting mentalities, we're fighting ideologies. And these ideologies come out of people's actions, they come out of people's mouths, they come out of people's negligence, they come out of, you know, you know, negligence. <laughs> okay. So you may see a natural disaster, let's say a train crash, right? So the train has crashed. And, and it's horrible, you know, it's, it's horrible loss of life, tragedy. And it's, well, the devil crashed the plane. No, the devil didn't crash the train. The driver crashed the train, partic- typically under the influence of demonic suggestion and illusion. Well, the driver didn't crash the train. You know, there was a malfunction in the equipment. Well it was it wasn't the equipment as much as it was the negligence of the makers and manufacturers which is why when these things happen we have to trace you know where did this come from and so when these things happen it's very important to know that that what we're actually fighting at a spiritual level is the voice of that serpent influencing our ideas beliefs ideologies philosophies mentalities That's the essence of our spiritual war. And so God says, when you go into these arenas, protect yourself. When you go into these arenas, protect yourself. When you go into the arenas of politics, military, government, you go into the arenas of business, finance, You go into the arenas of culture, education, entertainment, arts, media. You go into the arenas of philosophy, ideology, and you go into these arenas. When you go into society, when you're moving, trafficking through society, protect yourself. And I want you to notice that whether it is the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the the feet Uh, the, the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, or the sword of the spirit, whichever one of these pieces it is, they are fundamentally protecting your heart and mind. Your heart and mind. What is the helmet of salvation protecting? An attack on your mind about your salvation. What is the breastplate of righteousness protecting? An attack on your mind about your righteousness. What is, the, what is the belt of truth? Well, you see, the belt of the soldier is what holds the sword. And the sword is, is, is the word, and it's an offensive weapon. So it's very important that you have the truth uh, supporting your use of the word. Now, here's the truth about that. This, this is an important piece of armor because what the devil is trying to do is distort the truth, contradict the truth, so you gotta tighten your truth belt. And then the shield of faith, well, well what's it protecting you against? The fiery darts of the wicked where the darts coming the darts are coming into your mind the darts are coming into your soul you have to be able to protect yourself against a demonic suggestion becoming a demonic scenario and a demonic scenario becoming a demonic uh, uh, stronghold I want you to notice that the armor doesn't work for everyone get ready for this the armor only works for those who are in the arena in other words the armor is worn for combat in the arena of spiritual warfare. So if you're sitting back hiding, uh, just, you know, scared, stiff, trying to hide from, from, from the devil, and you're not engaged as a soldier, you know, in the battle, whether it's by your prayer life, whether it's by your kindness, your, you know, by your witness, if you're not engaged in battle, the armor doesn't work for you. In fact, the armor is uncomfortable and it's heavy. So it only works for those that are in the arena. And let me tell you something. You might be in quarantine right now, but when this is finished, when this passes, the world is going to need reconstructing. Industries are going to need reconstructing. Sectors are going to need reconstructing. Businesses are going to need reconstructing. And God's going to call you out of hiding and into the marketplace, into the workplace, into communities, into societies to rebuild, to repair some of the mental health damage that's been done, some of the financial damage that's been done, some of the grief and the mourning that's in society. You are going to have to be a soldier and get out and begin to rebuild. So this armor is only going to work for people who are in the arena. Number two, it only works for those who are on the advance. Notice there is no armor protecting the back of a believer. There is nothing that God has designed for your back because we do not run. The Bible says the wicked run where no man pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Your enemy will come out against you one way, but will flee before you seven ways. We are not on the run, and we don't have anything protecting our back, so we're not turning our back. We are going to face our challenges. We're going to face our circumstances. We're going to face our world, and we're going to get victory. Number three, it only... Only protecting your mind. Each piece is designed to protect your mind from a demonic suggestion. In other words, when your mind is fortified with righteousness, salvation, faith, the word, truth, the gospel, and these things are fortifying your mind, the devil can't deal with you. He 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 doesn't he he has no weapon that can penetrate those ideas, those concepts, those truths. So as you strengthen them in the season of isolation, the season of quarantine, it is because God wants your strength renewed, so that when when. The time comes to rebuild and to repair the breaches and to build again the waste places and to plant and to, sup- and to help and heal that we are strong in mind and able to fight. The armor only works for those who put it on. The armor must be intentionally and actively put on. It must be worn in order to work. In other words, I'm not just gonna hope that my mind is strong. I'm gonna intentionally make it strong. I'm gonna feast on things that make me strong, things that convict me of the victory of Christ, things that convict me of the efficaciousness of the blood. Don't make me preach up in here. It only works for those who believe the gospel. Each piece of is a form of faith. It covers an aspect of faith. Each piece in this armor is a form of faith. The helmet of salvation, the blessed breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace, the truth, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith. These are all aspects of the gospel. Believe the gospel. And it only works for those who pray, warfare prayers. Watch this. It, now, any student will see this, right? As you, you read the armor of God, it doesn't finish. It doesn't finish with the, uh, you know, the the uh, shield of faith. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith. Above all, taking the shield of faith, you can quench the fiery darts of the wicked. But it goes on to say, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. In other words, how do I put on the armor of God? Now, this is important. This is the last slide. Praying always with all prayer. Prayer involves reminding yourself of the essence and fundamentals of your faith. You know, when we pray, we don't just ask God for things. We remind God of the things he has said. We speak the word, we pray the word. We remind ourselves of salvation, of God's goodness, of his graciousness. We are actually aligning ourselves with the truth. So as you're praying, uh, you are actually defending yourself. This is why we're praying 6 a.m., 6 p.m. And throughout the day, you just keep a God consciousness in your mind. And, And you can just flow with God throughout your day. You can pray without ceasing but Paul doesn't stop there because he really says, I want you to look at this. He really says, I want you to pray. You put on this armor praying with all prayer, because there's different kinds of prayer, right? You pray. So you're praying for yourself and you're watching and you're praying for the saints. So you pray for you, you pray for the saints. And then he says, and pray for me, pray for yourself, pray for the saints and pray for me well, who's me? I'm the one who is making known the mystery of the gospel. I am the one who is, is ought to speak boldly and explain the mystery of the gospel. So you don't just pray for yourself and the saints. You also pray for those that are teaching the mystery of the gospel, those that are explaining the word of God. You got to cover your spiritual leadership in prayer. And as we are praying for each other, we are fortifying our minds, our souls against what? Against the real fiery darts of the wicked, which are the demonic suggestions. Because guess what? The bishop is human. The bishop has red blood. The bishop has every issue and challenge you face in life, I face it too. We don't have supermen. We don't have demigods. We just have people that God has chosen, anointed, blessed, and he uses us in a certain way. But I need your prayers. I need you to target me, everything about me, everything around me. I need you to cover me in prayer because my job is to make known the mystery of the gospel and to speak boldly the truth of the word of God. And so, and without that, we'll have a weak church that doesn't have a strong mind, doesn't have strong faith, doesn't have a strong heart, and is not ready for the arenas of spiritual warfare. Wow, that was an epic second session. And we are just five minutes over the time. Uh, I'm going to look at the, um, whoo, I'm gonna look at the, uh, (laughs) wow, so there's a number of you on the webinar. And you've made tons of great, great, great uh, comments. There's a lot of amens, a lot of beautiful things that are being said. Unfortunately, I can't go through all the comments because there's over 300 comments on the webinar. But here's what I can say to you. Uh, And here's the spiritual instruction that I want you to receive. There's a couple of problems with some of the slides. We're going to fix the problem. And I want to send these slides out to our entire mailing list. Anyone, everyone that's on our mailing list. We're going to send you these slides. If you're watching by Facebook and you're not on our mailing list, then this would be a good time to join. Uh, Go to icancommunitychurch.com, icancommunitychurch.com. And before you even try to go in, it'll give you an option to join our mailing list. Join the mailing list. And because by Friday, by His grace, I'm going to send out these slides. Okay, so you've got a copy of the slides, and then you can go back to Facebook and and revisit this teaching, and that way you can you know you can digest it, you can go over it, and so on. And um, uh, my second instruction is that uh, Sunday morning, 11 o'clock is the hour of power. And we're going to to take our teaching on the reset a little further, a little deeper. And it's gonna be very profound and you don't want to miss the hour of power in which we're gonna worship, we're gonna pray about a lot of situations and we're gonna reach for people to be saved. So it's gonna be a good thing for you to get your family and friends to join you at the hour of power. The final thing I'm gonna say is that I'm about to drop into our Facebook pages uh, I'm about to drop into our Facebook pages uh, a donation link. And we. T- I totally recognize that uh, um, we are challenged economically as never before. But here's an opportunity to say, God, even in this famine, I trust you. I lean on you, I depend on you, and I want a supernatural breakthrough. I don't just want a natural recovery. I don't just want what the government's handing out. I don't want it to be, I want supernatural results. And so I'm gonna trust you with a gift. It doesn't matter how small, it literally does not matter how small, but I challenge you every time you hear the word of God, every time the word of God touches your heart and blesses you, I challenge you to, plant a seed into the work, all right? And it keeps us going, but it keeps you going too. So in our Facebook page, that donation link uh, is now present. And then also it will be present on the Bishop Wayne Malcolm page, which we're gonna post it right now by His Grace. And this is going to ICC. Now, what is ICC doing? Woo! If I had time, I would read out to you the testimonies that have brought me to tears just reading the testimonies. I have literally wept reading stories. Stories that sound like this. I called upon Mrs. So-and-so a senior citizen in our community or someone that was self isolating and called our office. We called upon them and they were alone. They had run out of food. They had run out of basic human essentials. No one had called them. They couldn't get through to the government, the local authority on the phone. They were at home praying, hoping that someone would reach out and help and a member of the ICC Touch reached out to them and we were able to, within an hour or two, deliver a package of food, essentials, and support, and we're now holding their hand on a daily basis. These are testimonies that are coming in every day, and we don't want to stop what we're doing. We're getting ready to take it to another level, and we want people to support our work uh, because we are getting ready to take it all to another level uh, in terms of reaching out. To those that are in need, so please do uh, make it take use of the link. No matter how small, sow something. And if you can sow nothing, know that we love you, and we want to be in a position where we can help you. So you call us and let us know if you're isolating, if you are, you know, facing a lot of hardship, difficulties, challenges. And I want to pray with you now as we close. Now, Father, in the name of your son, our savior, Jesus, we are so grateful for this time of sharing and learning and growing together for this teaching on spiritual warfare. We pray that yokes will be destroyed and burdens will be removed. We pray that eyes will be opened and hearts will be encouraged, that captives will be liberated and that we will all experience an exodus from the house of bondage, the house of psychological bondage, physical infirmity, financial hardship and difficulty, emotional strain. God bring us out with rejoicing, with laughter, with dancing, and Father, for every person that is struggling right now under the weight of this adversity, either with physical symptoms of this virus, physical challenges in their health, challenges with their mental health, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, fear. God, every person that has whose economy has been disrupted severely, We are praying in the name of Jesus and declaring that help is on the way. We are declaring that victory is imminent, and we are praying right now that angels will go to work on their behalf and that people will show the love of Jesus in our support for each other. And this we have prayed in the name of Jesus, and all the saints of God said, Amen. You've been listening to a live sermon at ICANN Community Church. We hope that you feel inspired, informed, and empowered to take your life to the next level. We want to build a relationship with you, whether you attend ICC or not. Of course, we would love for you to visit or even to join. But if that's not possible, we can still stay in touch. Go to our website at www icanncommunitychurch.com and subscribe to our mailing list for updates on special events which may be coming to an area near you. Until next time, this is Bishop Wayne Malcolm saying God bless you.